0: It's a sports beat with Richard Holdridge. Glad to be here on a Tuesday. We've got a great show. I had a very busy day yesterday. Had the coaches show off the walls for the Columbus Rapids, and I was also a guest on Sports Visions ninety two one in Columbus as I was discussing the Rapids. Just a reminder, you are listening to WQEE ninety nine point one FM, the Key. As I make a name for myself, I try to have uh, as much exposure as possible. I'm also pleased to announce I have a new job. So I am, as many of you know, the ownership group for the Rapids is the same ownership group for the Columbus Lions. So I've been offered the color commentator position for the Columbus Lions. I'm excited about that. Their season opener will be April 23rd against the Carolina Cobras and We will also be starting a podcast dedicated to the Columbus Lions, so you might want to check that out. We do have a great show for you as two more teams punch their ticket into the big dance. The whole Calvin Ridley fallout, I will get into detail about that because I really have a bone to pick with Calvin Ridley and everything that's been going on, the madness in the Atlanta Falcons organization. It's not quite Michael Vick dogfighting level, but it's getting really bad in Atlanta. And decision 2.0, where is Aaron Rodgers going to play football? All right, let the madness begin if it hasn't already started. Did you see that Chattanooga-Furman game? I was watching it. I had vested interest. I mean, I like Chattanooga. I would say they're a local team. I have family members up at Chattanooga, and I've been to a Chattanooga basketball game. I went a couple years ago. Uh, Tennessee Chattanooga. When they used to be called Tennessee Chattanooga, Terrell Owens used to play for them. Happy that Chattanooga makes it into the NCAA tournament. Uh, I really, at 26 and 7, I thought that if they lost to Furman, they would be a bubble team. They beat Furman in overtime, 64 to 63. This is the chaos that happened. Furman. Which, by the way, I was getting ready to get on the show and say, oh, Furman makes it to the NCAA tournament for the first time since 1980. They were one of those teams that had a very long tournament drought. They take the lead 63-61 to in overtime with four seconds left to go. Rather than calling a timeout, Chattanooga pushes the ball up the court. David Jean-Baptiste launches a game-winning three-pointer. He had three defenders all over him, and it goes in. And this is after Furman did not miss a single shot in overtime. It's one of the craziest finishes I've ever seen in a, in a college basketball game to punch their ticket into the big dance. And Furman survived after getting a game tying three pointer to make it to take it to overtime. What a great game! This is why they call it March Madness. It's not just the NCAA tournament. It's this whole week of conference tournaments. It's going to be exciting. We had a lot of semifinal games, but we also had another team punch their ticket into the NCAA tournament, the local team from Georgia. I've always been critical of teams from Georgia as I've ripped into Georgia and Georgia Tech. Inexcusable, but they, they can't make the tournament. Uh, Mercer has struggled a little bit. Kennesaw State hasn't had a winning season. Georgia Southern, they last made the NCAA tournament in the early 90s. But how about Georgia State? I got to give props to Georgia State because they've made the tournament four times in the last seven years. They beat Louisiana to win the Sun Belt, and they did it by winning 10 straight games. I've got on this show, and I try to cover the local college basketball teams, I didn't have Georgia State on my radar. They were 6-9 at one time. But Georgia State does it. And it doesn't matter who their coach is because they had Ron Hunter. And when he left, I thought that the program was going to dip. Georgia State has had some magic in the tournament. If you remember 2015, R.J. Hunter, the three-pointer to beat Baylor. And Coach Ron Hunter falls out of his chair. Georgia State also made the tournament in 2018 and 2019. Now in 2021, ESPN's Joe Lenardi has got them projected as a number 16 seed. I think that is great that Georgia State is back in this NCAA tournament. And right now, Georgia State is the most successful basketball program in the state of Georgia. And that's better than Georgia Tech and definitely better than Georgia. So last night, not a whole lot of games. It was mainly semifinals especially the semifinal in the West Coast Conference. Gonzaga beating San Francisco and St. Mary's beating Santa Clara. So the championship is going to be set tonight. St. Mary against Gonzaga. Both teams are locks to be in the tournament. Joe Lenardi has St. Mary's projected to be a five seed. Now, I don't know if that's going to change if St. Mary's is able to beat Gonzaga, but Gonzaga's projected to be the overall number one seed. They did lose to St. Mary's a couple of weeks ago. But I should see a better outcome. Gonzaga has one of the top NBA prospects, Chet Holmgren. And Gonzaga is the odds-on favorite to win the NCAA tournament. They've gone to the championship game twice against Baylor last year. Today is the first round of the ACC tournament. That's where you have your your 14th seed taking on the 11th seed. And Georgia Tech is the worst team in the ACC. And, of course, they're going to take on Louisville. Your top four seeds in the ACC all have buys. Your top four seeds in the ACC have double buys. And then your fifth, your sixth, your seventh, eighth, the ninth, they all have um, a buy. So Georgia Tech's taking on Louisville. You have Boston College taking on Pittsburgh. NC State taking on Clemson. It's the first round of the ACC tournament. We do have finals tonight. These teams will punch their ticket into the NCAA tournament. We have... The Atlantic Sun Championship, Jacksonville Dolphins against Bellarmine. I don't think Jacksonville can relive their magic from when they made it into the Final Four in the early 70s. But Jacksonville and Bellarmine, Bellarmine is new to the Atlantic Sun Conference. We have the Northeast Conference Final, Wagner taking on Bryant. We have the Colonial Athletic Conference Final, Delaware taking on UNC Wilmington. We have the Horizon League final, Wright State taking on Northern Kentucky. And we have the Summit League championship, North Dakota State taking on South Dakota State. South Dakota State, 29-4. and four. If they lose to North Dakota State, are they considered a bubble team? North Dakota State, they make an NCAA tournament as a basketball school. Their football program wins FCS championships just about every year. That just tells you if the football program is successful, it carries over to basketball. Because if you bring money into the school, you'll be able to carry it over into basketball. I wish Georgia can take notes with these other programs. You have a successful football program, you're going to have a successful basketball program. But they can't figure it out because they can't upgrade the facilities. And everybody that plays in the state of Georgia goes to other schools. It's starting to become embarrassing. And, of course, tomorrow we have the first round of the SEC championship, and then more major conferences will have their first-round tournaments. So it's conference tournaments all week. We have Spencer in the state title game tomorrow. I will preview that on this show tomorrow. We have the Columbus Rapids taking on the Fayetteville Fury on Thursday. I will preview that as well. So let's go ahead and get into Calvin Ridley because this is the most disturbing falcons news that i have witnessed since michael vick was convicted of dog fighting first of all i tried to sympathize with calvin ridley last year when he took a leave of absence for his mental health i felt that that was a blow to the team because he is their best wide receiver when they traded away julio jones to the titans it was calvin ridley he was the guy the number one wide receiver even though tight end kyle pitts is bat ryan's favorite target calvin ridley was a talented number one wide receiver, and that's why the Falcons picked him in the first round. But when I heard the story break last night that he was suspended for the entire 2022 season for betting on football games, that was very disturbing. Betting on football games just makes it worse. It just puts salt in the womb, and I don't think he comes back to Atlanta. I think Atlanta needs to cut him. They need to release him, cut their losses. He had a nice run. Calvin Ridley no longer needs to be an Atlanta Falcon, and now they have to address wide receiver in the NFL draft. I think that they could take a risk on Jamison Williams. I think that his injury might scare some people. and He may fall in the second or third round. The Falcons do have that extra draft pick from trading Julio Jones to the Titans, so they can use that draft pick to get a wide receiver, but they have so many needs to address, like running back. Like, what about the Backup quarterback to Matt Ryan. You really need to start thinking about the future after Matt Ryan. He has maybe six years left, but he's eating up a lot of salary. What are some of the draft picks that are can't misses when it comes to rookies? And you can have a rookie contract. Wide receivers, go get a gem of a wide receiver. I'm not saying take Drake London in the first round because I still think that Ahmad Sauce Garner is the pick right there at number eight but the falcons have so many other needs that it is going to be hard to compete if you don't have a number one wide receiver and if you are playing on a wean and a prayer because i've watched the falcons because they're my secondary team I, i root for the falcons i watched the falcons when they drafted matt ryan in 2008 and they had the whole Thomas Dimitrov, Mike Smith era. And they had great wide receivers like Roddy White. And they had Harry Douglas and Michael Jenkins. And they've had Muhammad Sanu. But this feels different. This feels like the Falcons had a rebuilding season. They went 7-10. and 10. A lot of experts didn't think that they would do that. But the NFC South is wide open. Sean Payton's no longer there in New Orleans. Tom Brady has retired from the Buccaneers. This is just disturbing to see Calvin Ridley has been suspended by the NFL for an entire season. All right, moving on to the Aaron Rodgers sweepstakes. It's called the Decision 2.0. I don't think they're going to have a televised show on ESPN where he is donating money to the Boys and Girls Club. But where will Aaron Rodgers play football in 2022? I think he might stay in Green Bay, depending on what's going to happen with Devontae Adams. But the most logical fit is the Denver Broncos. And the Broncos already have a Super Bowl team in place, and they are just missing a quarterback. They have weapons everywhere. Even at running back, they got Javonte Williams, the rookie. He actually had a very outstanding season last year. Jerry Judy, talented wide receiver. Cortland Sutton, Noah Fant is starting to become a very good tight end and there's talks that von miller might come back to denver you look at both divisions that aaron Rodgers has an opportunity to play in the nfc north the quarterback situation up in the air the afc west he'd be in the same division with patrick mahomes justin herbert and Derek carr i'm a little skeptical i know that denver just hired the packers offensive coordinator and it was a bold move because Denver is saying they are in all in to try to get Aaron Rodgers, so we should find out sometime this week whether or not Aaron Rodgers is going to stay in Green Bay or if he's going to go to another team. More likely, it will be Denver. In the NBA, last night the Atlanta Hawks could not get to 500. They lose a game they should have won. They lose to Detroit, one thirteen to one ten in overtime, thanks to Cade Cunningham's 28 points. The bottom line is, Trey Young did not have a good night shooting. 5 of 20. He only had 14 points. Anytime Trey Young is cold, there's got to be other Hawks to step up. They need to get these defensive stops. It's unexcusable to lose to a Detroit Pistons team that you are better than. They did have a chance to win this game in regulation, but they had a ticky tack foul that put Cade Cunningham to the line. And John Collins got fouled, and he could only make one out of two free throws. And then that's your ball game because Detroit, playing at home, was able to outscore them in overtime, and the Hawks could not overcome. The schedule gets a little bit tougher as they travel to Milwaukee this Wednesday to take on the defending champs. and they take on the Clippers Friday night. So they got to get some wins and right now, if you look at the playoff standings, Atlanta is 31-33, and 33, and they are currently a game and a half above the Washington Wizards. Also, keep an eye on the Knicks, because that's a team you want to root against, because the Hawks have the Knicks pick. It'll probably be a protected lottery pick, but they could draft an extra role player from that Cam Reddish trade. One team that's really struggling is the Chicago Bulls. They have lost five straight. They are currently in fourth place. They are a game and a half. They are a half a game ahead of the Boston Celtics. Cleveland is another team that has struggled. Toronto has lost three straight, but Brooklyn has lost four straight, and they are only a half game ahead of the Hawks. Yikes. So as we are approaching the two-year anniversary from the day that the sports stopped, I reflect back and look at how sports has changed in the pandemic. This pandemic, I mean, we're not out of the woods yet. It feels like it's over, but you got to stay your ground. You can't let your guard down. I think it's great that we don't have to wear masks anymore, but we still have to be very vigilant. As we saw in the wintertime with Omicron, that there were sporting events that were canceled Hopefully that we've turned the corner enough to where we can get sports back. It's frustrating that we're not having baseball, talking spring training and all that jazz. I actually cannot wait for baseball to return. And we also will have the announcement of the schedule for the Columbus Chattahoots as their home opener at Historic Golden Park will be June the 4th. So we got Columbus Lions, we got Chattahoots, we're wrapping up the Columbus Rapids and River Dragon season. It's a great time to be a sports fan in Columbus. That's all the time I have on the show. I want to thank all my listeners that have downloaded my podcast. And don't forget to like and subscribe to my Facebook channel. And stay tuned for tomorrow's show. Have a great day, everybody. You've been listening to The Sports Beat with Richard Holdry. We invite you to download and subscribe.